With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. In a secret lab somewhere in the Western Hemisphere, the perfect human specimen has been born. He has the strength of 10 men and the wisdom of 20. Rick Munn. Now you listen here. He's a brilliant, naughty boy. TNT Radio. Now go away. Yes, yes, it's all good in the hood here. This is TNT, today's news talk. This is Locked and Loaded. I'm Rick Munn and another jam-packed, action-packed show coming up for you guys here today. And girls, of course. Uh, Nobody in between. There is only guys and girls. But it's Monday, the 5th of February, 2024. TNT, uh, always expanding uh, what's available there. Just a reminder that we will also be covering the uh, Assange trial that's going to be happening in London uh, towards the end of February. We will have people on the ground there covering that trial live for as long as we need to have people on the ground covering that trial. So make sure you stay tuned for that for live updates and that uh, coming up later in the month and also there's a new uh, option button has been added on our website tntradio.live or the app that's available in the app store or the google play store the cinema function uh, you'll actually be able to go on there and view some uh, good hand selected or personally selected movies and documentaries uh, relating to a lot of the content that we actually cover here so make sure you check out the cinema function on the tnt radio website Gemma cooper is coming up this hour also i'm going to be joined for the first time here on uh, locked and loaded by toby young uh, from the free speech union he's going to be talking to me about some crazy censorship that's happening in the minute especially in and around newcastle united football club and then at the top of the hour or towards the top of the hour i'll be joined by paul kudenek from france We're going to give a review on what's happening there in France, also with regards to the French protesters and some of the writing that he's been doing for his fantastic Substack page. So that's all to come. Crazy stories abound. I mean, the difficulty now at the minute is uh, whittling them down uh, to be able to cover as much as we can here. Richard Kearney in Ireland, who was jailed for murder after he savagely beat an elderly woman to death, right? He was jailed for murder, for beating an old woman to death, was given a temporary release by Helen McIntyre, the justice minister. He then went on a spree, a violent crime spree, attacking other elderly people. Why was this allowed to happen? Asks Neve O'Brien on Grip Media. Helen McIntyre, I tell you what, the case is mounting and mounting that she is an absolute menace to society, Irish society in particular, sending a, a murder, a convicted murder on temporary release, who then goes out and attacks more elderly people after he was convicted of beating an elderly person to death. I, I just... I can't believe this. This is actually happening in Ireland as we speak. Also, Ireland-wise, Business Minister Eamon Ryan, so-called Business Minister, must resign, insists Ryanair over Dublin Airport passenger cap chaos. So again, he's trying to throttle the aviation industry, trying to throttle industry, period, in Ireland. So there's calls for him to resign, not just by individuals, but by the mighty Ryanair itself. So that is also making the headlines here this morning. Uh, A little bit of sycophancy I want to cover off as well. A little bit of good old-fashioned ass-kissing by Kim.com. Kim.com, who is probably the ultimate Elon Musk fanboy. I'll tell you what he's been saying. He said, I love Elon 
Oh, I, I can feel my gag reflex kicking in already. I love Elon. It's because of him that people can challenge those in power. Independent journalists can shed a line on their abuses and a role the mainstream media has a ban. Without Elon, who risks everything, including his life, give me a break. Uh, we wouldn't hear what Putin has to say. Give me a break. And then he says he may actually prevent World War Three, such a little bit of fanboying going on like I've never seen before. Kim.com, who I do believe is Elon Musk's personal propaganda minister. Listen, I know he's a divisive character. I know some people are arguing that he's doing good things and he's good for freedom of speech. Don't ignore the fact, people, that he's came out over the weekend to say carbon taxes would be a good thing to tackle climate change, which he thinks can be sorted out with taxation. And he also believes that people actually walked on the moon. So that tells you all you should need to know about Elon Musk, aside from the fact that he's now chipping people's brains. What could be more sinister or New World Order-ish than that? But people don't want to see it or they don't want to accept it. No, anyway. Stockholm Syndrome, living in denial, call it whatever you like. I'm calling it out. That's how I see it. If you disagree with me, leave a message in the live chat and tell me why. But listen, we're not all about disagreement here. We like to engage in healthy debate. And uh, we're going to talk about some more news stories when we come back after this brief pause with the one and only Gemma Cooper here on TNT Radio. Your voice heard here. The government needs to step up and do its job. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Gemma, this whole business, I, I try not to get into it too much. I don't like celebrity discussion per se, but Musk is, you know, always there. And as far as I can see, maybe I'm just looking for all the bad stuff. He's a government defense contractor for the American government. He's chipping people's brains. He's an animal experimenter. You know, he's uh, into carbon taxes. He believes in mRNA technology and so on and so forth. But yet... People say, oh, forget about all that, Rick. You know, he gave me my freedom of speech. He reinstated my ex account. So what? Well, quite. Um, but, you know, the personal is political, isn't it? And, you know, if somebody mm. does you a favor and gives you a huge platform to to air your views, wherever they mm. might come from, the ego or the heart, you know, I prefer the latter myself. Mm. Um, you're going to you're going to big them up, aren't you? Because you literally are relying on them. If you're bread and butter, you know, you get clicks, you get traction. Mm. I think Alex Jones bigs him up, you know, and these people are entitled to their opinions. They're mm. completely, of course, we live in a free world. We try to encourage free debate, free society debate as much as we can in the world we live in. Um, and people are completely entitled to their opinions we're equally free to disagree or not to like it and have the opposite opinion mm -hmm. i'm very much with you uh, he flip-flops too much for my liking on your oh, ai is terrible but i'm going to chip you you know that to me we discussed this last week i am repeating myself that's gaslighting that's narcissistic mm -hmm. behavior that's sociopathic behavior they say one thing they do another you don't know where you stand shifting sounds all the time uh, master manipulator and where better to manipulate they're not in the digital world on a global scale you know you say one thing you do another people kind of one minute they love you and they can't remember why they love you next minute they don't like you it's it's very clever he's clever he's clever in that way but uh, with narcissists you know and people like that eventually they get caught out they do get caught out and they do get seen for what they really are whether it's mm -hmm. in time before we're all chipped, chipped to oblivion. Who knows? Who knows? You know, this is the thing. Uh, time reveals everything. So, you know, love him or hate him, it's, it's a personal thing. And let's be honest, if I love Elon Musk or hate him, what difference does it make to your life? And if you love him or hate him, what difference does it make to my life? So many people are spending so much time and energy on this guy trying to convince the other side that he's either good and or bad. It doesn't really make any difference, people. You know, focus on your own life. Focus on the things that you can control. Certainly pay attention to some of the things that are happening in these spheres, but also understand that, you know, unless you're participating in it yourself, you're 
you're not in that loop and try your best to keep other people out of it as well. But at the end of the day, you can lead a horse to water, Gemma, but you can't make that sucker drink. Uh, we'll have a story here to cover as well. Uh, this one's interesting, uh, close to home for me, uh, about Britain bolstering its military presence in Northern Ireland. Heck, uh, I can remember the day everywhere you turned to was an army man sitting in a bush pointing an SA-80 at you with a little red dot between your eyes. Uh, I don't want to go back to that again, but it seems to be that seems to be the plan of attack here. Well, it, it's a very, very interesting story. And obviously, Rishi Sunak is in Northern Ireland today, uh, meeting the two new power sharing leaders after a two year standoff, to, all to do with Brexit and trade deals. But of course, the new share, power sharing leaders, which is a mandatory arrangement in the Northern Ireland government, uh, are, are Sinn Féin now, uh, as well as the DUP. Mm. And that's the first time Sinn Féin have taken a seat there um, for 103 years in its entire history, actually. And of course, although Sinn Féin are very, very uh, deliberately playing down any links now with the IRA. Uh, people still remember the troubles of the 70s and 80s, especially, and 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 do think that Sinn Féin is still the political arm of the IRA. And Sinn Féin is saying that's absolutely not the case. But two former defence secretaries are today warning Rishi Sunak, and they're interesting. That one's from the Conservative Party and one's from the Labour Party, and they're very much united on this. They're saying to Rishi, um, with Ireland now, Northern Ireland having a, a, someone from Sinn Féin in the political house, taking lead in the political house, uh, our, our defence capabilities of Ireland are, are threatened, uh, especially in the Republic. Uh, not in, yeah, in the Republic, they're they're one mm -hmm. worried that the Republic will be a backdoor for nations like China and Russia. They want to get into the UK. They'll come in through the Republic. Uh, Northern Ireland's defences aren't, aren't strong enough. Um, therefore, bolster more defence in Northern Ireland to stop Russia and China coming in through the back door. They say that the Irish Republic has been too reliant on NATO and it's left the, the country vulnerable. They say that they've already spotted Russian intelligence ships off the western coast, or the Atlantic coast. That's a particular area they're worried about because lots of power cables and underwater cables come into the UK from that Atlantic coastline. So they are saying boost UK military presence in Northern Ireland to strengthen Ireland as a whole. Now, boosting, as you rightly say, Rick, boosting uh, military presence in Northern Ireland with Sinn Féin at the helm has all the hallmarks of the Troubles. It has the, the, the you know, tensions will rise as a result of that because Michelle O'Neill, the new, the new Sinn Féin leader in the House, is saying that the first thing she's going to do today when she meets Rishi Sunak in just a few, well, she could be there now, but certainly within a few hours' time, is she's going to make the case for a united Ireland referendum, which is what Sinn Féin have always wanted. They want Ireland to be one country. Um, the current UK Northern Ireland secretary doesn't think that that's likely in his lifetime. He would need to approve that public vote. But that's the first thing she's going to call for, a united mm -hmm. Ireland. And that's exactly what the IRA were calling for in a very different way, uh, you know, decades ago. So, yeah, that's what they're calling for. More military presence in Northern Ireland to keep Northern Ireland safe to keep Ireland safe, to keep the UK safe. But uh, it, it, it's, a quite, uh, it's quite a thing to say, and, and whether he does it is, is, remains to be seen. Yeah, it's really, uh, as you rightly pointed out, the Stormont has now got back together after it was collapsed two years ago. Uh, disagreements about borders, Irish sea border, Brexit policies, and one thing and another. Uh, the DUP collapsed it effectively. Now they're back in again. But since the last set of elections, uh, they're now as a Sinn Féin First Minister uh, Michelle O'Neill for the first time in uh, Northern Ireland history. So, as you rightly pointed out, she's all about a united Ireland. So it comes quite bizarrely that Rishi Sunak will be coming along today on the back of discussions to increase uh, British troops 
in Northern Ireland, which will be a real uh, thorn in the flesh of uh, people uh, that want to see the back of British troops in Northern Ireland. But there's three big, uh, at least three big army bases over here anyway, Gemma. There's a big one in Lisburn called Thiefel. Uh, there's one called uh, Ballykindler. And there's a big uh, Air Force base as well up at Aldergrove. So there's always a military presence here, but it's been pared back very, very significantly since the, the bad old days between 1969 and 1994. So that was something everybody was glad to see the back of because when you're walking to the shops and you're seeing Land Rovers driving past with fully kitted out uh, soldiers there, stopping cars at random, sniffer dogs out, show me your papers, papers please, society for everybody, that's not something anybody wanted to live under. Of course, they're saying this is on the basis of defence, but there's always those uh, associations, let's just say, with the troubles and uh, more army presence in Northern Ireland at this time, I don't think would really be welcomed by anybody, especially if they're saying it's to strengthen Britain's security because they've no say in what's happening in the Republic anyway. You know, there's a technically there's a border between the North and the South and uh, the South's doing what it's doing and the North's doing what it's doing. But interesting that this should be brought up uh, just as uh, Rishi is coming over here to meet Michelle for the first time and she's going to be pitching her case for Irish unity right from the get-go just as he's coming over saying by the way Michelle I hate to tell you this but the troops are coming back in I don't think that meeting would go down too well up at uh, Hillsborough Castle somehow no absolutely not and uh, you know it's almost like they've preempted her and uh, you know they, they knew that this would happen of course it's going to happen you know this is this is Sinn Féin's chance to get what they've wanted um, and, and she's a very charismatic figure so of course she's going to go in all guns blazing this is it this is history in the making for Sinn Féin so it's like you know they've already kind of stepped up to the post to say you know we, we don't want this this isn't going to happen we want Northern Ireland will remain uh, you know with the UK and that's that um, so it, it's an interesting manoeuvre uh, I mean politics is a game we all know that you know it's a strategy you put you play your chess piece and you try and you know outdo your opponent and and all of this stuff and it has the all the hallmarks of that um so let's see what she says it's it's going to be yeah. interesting to see the debate and what comes out of this meeting today between those two leaders um and how she plays her hand to the table and 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 uh, you know plays on her victory which is it is whatever your opinion of Sinn Féin is uh -huh. it is a historic victory without a it doubt is. and this is a historic day so um let's see what happens yeah, fireworks undoubtedly will be incoming again as the Northern Ireland Assembly sits once more. How long it'll last for, uh, we're not 100% sure. So uh, we've got to take uh, a little break as per right now, although I've been told uh, there might be a little pause here, but we'll take a break anyway and hopefully connect in with Toby uh, Young, who's going to be joining us for the first time. Uh, if not, uh, we're going to play it by ear, but stay tuned anyway. We'll be right back after the short break on TNT today's news. TNT's Pervoy Morich. He details factually how Russia is rolling out the algorithm ghetto. Um, you know, the, the, the multipolar edition of the algorithm ghetto, a prototype of a traffic light that records traffic violations by a pedestrian at a crossing was tested in Moscow. So Russians now, they'll, they'll have a, the government will take a snapshot of their face and then run that through the databases to figure out who is who and then find them. Uh, I suppose. Uh, and then, you know, he, he points out that there are a lot of developments now. Moscow 2030, it's, it's, it's uh, they want to make uh, Moscow achieve smart city status. Uh, and there's just, you know, you, you look at the white papers, Moscow and Russia are all in on Agenda 2030, smart cities, algorithm ghetto, 
digital IDs. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk TNT. It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The truth is, Parkinson's disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them. Worldwide, over 10 million people are living with Parkinson's, a neurological disease that affects movement. And with so many places to search for information, it can be difficult to know where to begin. The Parkinson's Foundation has answers. Answers for everyone in the fight. We can help you understand the disease, help you find expert care, give you tips for living a better life, share the latest research, help you find local support, and there's a free helpline you can call. Find your answers and join us in the fight against Parkinson's. To learn more, please go to parkinson.org or call 1-800-4PD-INFO. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better lives together. Well, I want to say this, and I'm going to say it just once. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, uh, the show is still ongoing here. Gemma has very kindly agreed to stay on with me until at least uh, half past while we try and connect with Toby Young. Uh, Hopefully we'll get that done. And if not, uh, we'll work around it as we do. Gemma, plenty going on in the world here right now. Uh, You know, we talk about progress and we talk about progression. Uh, There's a story here from the Irish News Again Grip Media. We try and be as progressive as we can. The Irish Defence Force will now allow female troops to wear fake tan nail varnish, earrings and up to six different hairstyles and is seeking to recruit troops from more diverse communities to reflect, I quote, the Ireland of 2024. Maybe reflecting the Ireland of 2024 is not such a good idea when it comes to national defence. I don't mind if people want to wear fake tan. I don't care about, you know, jewellery or guys getting, you know, their legs waxed if that's what they want to do. But military, there's a dress code. There's an expectation for men and women in the military that they have to be a certain way, but they seem to be getting a little bit lax in the Irish military. Uh, Six different hairstyles. I didn't even know you could style your hair six different ways. This is my hairstyle, right? If I want to change it, I I can do this and that's hairstyle number two, or I can do this and there's number three. They all kind of look the same, don't they? Well, I think it's very indicative of the the crisis that the UK armed forces are, are, are witnessing mm-hmm. as a whole. Um, I'm making no comment on your hair whatsoever, Rick. You always look great to me. You always look the same. That's what's good. You know, you always look Consistent. the same every day. Uh, <laughs> consistent absolutely um but th- there's a massive recruitment and retention crisis within within mm-hmm. all the military forces in the uk and it sounds like you know ireland's no exception to that and they, they've recently relaxed the rules for uh, men in the army haven't they they said if you've got asthma or you've got tattoos which were two absolute no-nos if you wanted to join the british army they're now saying don't worry about it if you've got asthma you can come in you've got tattoos no problemo come on in because nobody wants to join the, the military anymore because mm-hmm. people see through agendas now don't they and that people People don't want to go off and fight in a foreign country and kill people they don't know, somebody's brother, somebody's daughter, somebody's mum, somebody's mm-hmm. uncle. They don't want to do it. Um, so th- it's desperate times, desperate measures. You know, you can wear high heels would be next. You, know, you can mm-hmm. run on the battlefield in stilettos, anything, just to find us some cannon fodder, to find to send off to a war for corporate interests, which are nothing to do with us. And people don't want to do it. And it is as simple as that. 
And the stilettos as well as for the men we're talking about. We're not even talking about the women here. That's probably next uh, for the Irish Defence Force as well. You just totter on into battle, guys. Because you're tippy-toeing around, it's, you're less likely to get shot. You'll reach the front line shorter. That's a sales pitch for them. Crazy times, uh, crazy times. Here's another story here uh, that was uh, highlighted by Mike Benz. In 2020, a leaked Zoom call at PayPal showed how they systematically blocked financial payments to conservative activists deemed to be anti-immigration. Now, we've talked about PayPal before. Uh, you and I have talked about censorship many, many times, mostly in and around 2020. It was coming off the back of people talking out against narratives with regards to the jobs, uh, lockdown campaigns, the existence or lack of existence of COVID. But here we have, they were actually actively blocking accounts on immigration stances as far back as 2020 as well. That's a little bit sinister too, isn't it? Absolutely. But of course, no surprise, you know, because uh, mass immigration and immigration as a whole is not confined to one country, as we discuss at length here on, on TNT. In fact, I'm surprised, you know, listening to Output and talking to Dean Mackin from Australia, you know, a few hours before we're on air together, you and I, um, that immigration is definitely this global uh, sweeping policy from on high, uh, which is which has got very little to do with the individual countries and everything to do with cultural destabilization on a massive scale on a global scale. So so yeah, that's an agenda, isn't it? And lobe tide you if you question that, because you'll either be like 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 possibly people at TNT, if the elites were listening, they'd like to smear us all as far right uh, and racist just for questioning this 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 policy. And of course, they'd like to cut off funding to anyone who 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 questions that because it is so much part of this overarching uh, control mechanism that they want to impose on us. So it's it's sinister, but it's not a surprise, is it? Look at the poor Canadian truckers with Trudeau. Mm -hmm. Even that's been ruled unlawfully broke the law and everything but they'll probably just deny it ever happened we, we didn't freeze their funding it was a mistake you know we didn't coerce you it's a choice to have the jab all of that will come out you know to make to throw it all down the memory hole and make us pretend that you know it didn't really happen that that's uh yeah it's all part of the same thing isn't it it, it is. And, you know, there's a two layers to this one, Gemma. Uh, when you attack someone because of their beliefs, you know, you can, you and I can have a disagreement if we want, but I'd never disagree with you on anything to the extent where I would happily see your fi finances destroyed, you're unable to pay your bills, you're unable to access, you know, your bank accounts, simply because we don't see eye to eye on certain issues. But yet that's what's happened and has been happening, not just with governments, but also by these uh, providers like PayPal over the last few years, targeting people's ability to earn money. A lot of people even had accounts frozen with PayPal with accumulated funds in their account, tens of thousands in some cases that they hadn't drawn down. And PayPal said, we're hanging on to these until our investigations are complete. That could take up to six months to happen in some cases. And if we find you guilty of what we're accusing you of, we reserve the right to retain accumulated funds and use them to cover our expenses investigating you. So uh, attacking someone financially is a terrible move. And of course, it went past that. Do you remember in uh, February 2022, they didn't just freeze bank accounts for the Canadian truckers, but uh, funds that had been donated through um, GoFundMe, I think was the provider, don't quote me on it, but they had uh, up to 10 million donated through GoFundMe that was also frozen by GoFundMe and was not being distributed to those guys. I think they got 1 million. The other 9 million had to be returned because they were attacking people donating to help these people out because their bank accounts would be frozen. Seems they'll stop at nothing. And isn't it funny, we're actually discussing this, you know, as a story. And, and you know, I, I just wonder about the legalities of that, um, stopping someone having access to money that mm -hmm. others have donated. It really has very little to do with the company 
concerned, you know, to do it. So it makes you wonder who's behind those companies and who's pulling the strings, <coughs> excuse me, of those firms, because it's got orchestration once again, <coughs> excuse me, written all over it. Yeah, see, when women start talking about money, they can choke up an awful lot. And I think you've just uh, proved that point. Uh, they're right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not nice. It's not nice. How much more so would you be choking up? Seriously, but if you had your bank accounts frozen because, for example, you work at TNT, you did get flack uh, from your last employer, which was the BBC, because you were going to uh, protests. So you were deemed to be, you know, at the centre and effectively you know, that they attacked you in terms of your career and they attacked you in terms of your ability to earn money, which again, I think is just the, the pits uh, to do that. So even my worst enemies and the people that I disagree with most, even people that are earning a money working for the BBC, they're still doing their job. They still do what they think is right or what they've been told is right. Everybody has the a right. It's a basic human right to earn money, uh, to do what you need to do. I wouldn't support them doing what they're doing, but other people do through TV licensing. My point is you shouldn't attack people's uh, finances because not just the person gets affected but you know what about your uh, family you could have dependents you could have children that need you uh, to put a roof over the head or you know pay bills and do one thing and another it's not just you gets affected it's your whole family absolutely um, with, with regard just to the bbc though people are doing it less and less people the the license fee is 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 decimated isn't it much like in in ireland you know people aren't paying it is it the license there or are they considering bringing it in as a tax have they done that yet to tax people they have source? a they have a tv licensing fee in ireland as well uh for rte which is uh ireland's version of the bbc but there's so many people that are not paying that now um i i think it's a legal requirement now that you should have a TV license. So with us, if we cancel our BBC license, we just simply have to make a pledge that we're not going to watch live TV anymore. We're not going to use BBC iPlayer. So it can be done legitimately. But so many people are cancelling now in the Republic of Ireland that the government want to bring in a tax that everybody will pay mandatorily uh, that bypasses the need for the licensing fee. So it's, you know, it's licensing fee by tax. And the British government were also mooting that as well because of the big drop off in people paying for their BBC TV licensing too. So I think it's a sign of the times. Absolutely. People are voting with their feet in terms of that. And they're, they're not doing the thing of saying, oh, I'm not watching uh, television and still watching it for free. They're just not watching. They're not watching. People are turning away from legacy media in their droves, as we talk about on so many shows here on TNT. And that's the whole reason TNT now exists, is that legacy media has served its purpose and uh, and people are voting with their feet and with their wallets and with their bank accounts. Um, but if, you know, it does go both ways, if you can uh, freeze people's accounts, uh, you can also take from people's accounts, can't you? And say, well, you know, you might not want to pay. We're going to take it anyway. And if the Irish government does it, then yeah, the British government is likely to to follow suit on that. So it does it does rather make the case for taking your money out of the digital arena where it can be, you know, extracted by uh, nefarious forces and and doing what my granny used to do and keeping it under the bed in a tin, you know, not letting anyone get anywhere near it um, or keeping it somewhere safe or going back to old safety deposit boxes and all of that kind of thing and taking it out of the digital world where it can be hacked, manipulated, moved, frozen, um, and you've got no control. Take it if you have it, guys, and go out and spend it in the real world. Don't invest it digitally, I think, is a great message and sage words of wisdom from our very own uh, Gemma Cooper. Gemma, thank you very much uh, for staying on and, and covering in there until the top of the hour, or until the news break, which we're about to take now. I've been told Toby is in the waiting room, so we're going to talk to him after these news headlines here on TNT, today's news talk. Check this out. Now, TNT Radio News. Can you say News. 
Matt Boyland here with your TNT headlines. New polling out of the US signals a presidency in peril, as incumbent Joe Biden records one of the highest disapproval ratings in American history. Following months of negotiations on a deal to combat illegal immigration, it appears Democratic and Republican senators have finally reached an agreement. And Pakistan's former Prime Minister Imran Khan has been hit with another lengthy jail term, the third such sentence in five days. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT Radio. Okay, I'm very happy to be joined here on Locked and Loaded TNT for the first time by uh, Toby Young. Toby is a British social commentator and he's also the founder and director of the Free Speech Union, also the editor-in-chief of The Daily Skeptic and co-owner of Based Media. Toby, welcome to uh, TNT. How are you doing this fine Monday morning? I'm good. Good morning. Uh, good. Glad to have you on here. Uh, there's a story uh, that we want to focus in on here this morning that you've highlighted over the last week or so to do with Newcastle United uh, censorship taken to extremes, I believe, by the the Premier League in the uh, in English football. A lady had expressed, uh, you know, her ideas on male and female, only two genders. Seems to be uh, she was snooped upon uh, by Newcastle United. They have banned her or stopped her from being a season ticket holder, I think, for the next uh, couple of seasons based on her beliefs as that not a little bit of overkill can they even legally get away with doing that well we think that they've overreached um but it's a, a very sinister story it's probably the most egregious ex example uh, the free speech union has come across in the four years since i set it up of a private company interfering in the free speech of one of its customers so this newcastle united fan she's been a fan all her life. She spent tens of thousands of pounds on tickets, shirts, Newcastle memorabilia. Um, she is a lesbian and a gender critical feminist, which is to say she believes that sex is binary and immutable. Uh, if you're born a man, you cannot just become a woman by deciding one day that you're a woman. Um, a perfectly reasonable point of view, a point of view shared by the majority of the British public, probably most Newcastle fans, and ironically, the owners, the Saudi owners of the football club. But nevertheless, because she expressed that point of view on social media, um, someone complained to the club um, and the club then started to investigate her. Um, uh, and uh, in the course of that investigation, the club asked the Premier League if they could use um, uh, an intelligence unit that the Premier League has set up uh, to also investigate Lindsay. And um, when Lindsay um, was passed on some documents in the course of her dispute with the club. One of the documents passed on to her was um, quite a detailed file compiled on her by this intelligence unit embedded in the Premier League with an extraordinary amount of detail, like where she walks her dog, where she lives, when she was born, and so on and so forth. I mean, really sinister stuff. Uh, we're calling this intelligence unit the Stadium Stasi. Anyway, as a consequence yeah. of this intelligence that Newcastle United and the Prem had gathered on Lindsay, um, they decided to give her 
effectively a three-season ban. She's been banned from going to games for the remainder of this season and banned for two seasons hence. Now, she hasn't said any of these gender-critical things to members of staff at Newcastle United. She hasn't said it to any of the players. Um, she hasn't even said it to any of the fans. These are just her views, which she's expressed on social media. And we know that they're perfectly lawful views. Newcastle United described her comments as hate speech, transphobic hate speech, and reported her to the police, unbelievably. But the police, after uh, looking at this for a couple of hours and talking to Lindsay, decided that there was no case to answer. She hadn't broken the law. So in spite of the fact that she's done nothing unlawful, as confirmed by Northumbria police, the mere fact that she's expressed a point of view that runs afoul of the new radical progressive ideology that apparently permeates Newcastle United and the Premier League, she's been given this three-season ban. I mean, it is absolutely extraordinary. We do think it's unlawful and we will be challenging it. Uh, and here's the thing too, Toby, you know, we're talking about a three-season ban, so it's this season plus two more seasons. What do they think will happen at the end of the three-season ban? Will she be uh, reprogrammed? Will she have to sign a waiver renouncing all her previous beliefs before they'll allow her to grace uh, St. James's, uh, St. James's Park again? You know, who knows where they came up with that from? But the question I have for you also is, if Newcastle United are doing this, and what you've described sounds like something MI5 or MI6 would do when they're putting a dossier together, on a suspected terrorist, if Newcastle United are doing this, you know, is it fair to say, well, there's a high possibility that other clubs are involved in this too? We just haven't heard about it yet. Yeah, we absolutely think that uh, Lindsay Smith is not alone. Um, so the Free Speech Union has created a subject access request form on its website. And if you're a fan of a Premier League football club, uh, fill out the form and submit a subject access request both to your Premier League club and to the Premier League itself to find out if they've opened a file on you. We think this has happened to hundreds, possibly thousands of other people. Um, and um, if we can establish that it's not just one person, but possibly thousands, uh, then we think it'll be easier to put a stop to it. And also, this is probably something that's been going on for quite some time. We're just knowing about it now because of this case here that you've highlighted with Lindsay. Uh, just before you came on there, I was talking with Gemma Cooper about uh, PayPal. There was a leaked uh, document from PayPal to say that they'd been banning people's accounts or withholding money on their immigration stances. Conservatives who had anti-immigration policies in 2020. Of course, back in 2020, we knew people were being shut down because of their stances on COVID vaccines and criticizing the government on lockdown and COVID and so on and so forth. But this is now coming to light that they were being shut down on uh, immigration type issues. Again, could this simply be that you've lifted the lid off of this right now, but it's been something that's been simmering in the pot maybe for quite some time? Yes, I think that's fair to say. Um, uh, the Premier League isn't alone amongst large, rich corporations policing the speech, not just of its employees, but also of its customers um, to make sure they're not engaging in wrong think. Um, and I think the Premier League originally put this system in place, set up this intelligence unit uh, in order to discover fans who were engaging in racist or homophobic abuse of players or officials. Um, uh, but it, there's been kind of um, a kind of scope creep. And we see this across the board. Various mechanisms are created to try and root out things that most people would disapprove of and don't want to see as part of the game of football.
Um, but then there's been this scope creep whereby they extend their remit, not just to police racism and hooliganism and homophobia, but just dissent from radical progressive orthodoxy uh, in all its guises, whether it be your views on immigration or your views on, you know, uh, 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 sex based women's rights. Um, and um, unless we put a stop to it, unless we draw a line in the sand, it's just going to uh, uh, the scope is just going to increase more and more. Um, and I think I guess yeah, to answer your question, I imagine what Newcastle United is hoping is that when Lindsay comes back, when she's allowed back, I mean, we hope to get her back into the stadium before 2026. But I guess mm -hmm. their, their thinking is that um, given how severely she's being punished, for expressing the view that uh, trans women can't be women, that she'll stop saying that. It's all designed to suppress, to silence dissent from radical, woke orthodoxy. Now, in her case, that's not going to work. And we don't think that uh, the Premier League uh, is entitled to try and stop her uh, uh, saying what she thinks about this contentious issue around which there is no kind of settled agreement, certainly not in Britain. Uh, one thing I left out earlier, if people do want to uh, submit a subject access request to the Premiership, to their Premier League club, the uh, URL to go to on our website is freespeechunion.org uh, forward slash SAR forward slash. So freespeechunion.org forward slash SAR forward slash. And it's very simple. Yeah. It takes about five minutes and they can find out if the premiership, if the intelligence unit is keeping a file on them. And I'm sure, th uh, just listening at the minute, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there uh, in the UK that are Premier League uh, supporters and that they do follow their local team. And uh, it could be somebody somebody listening to this today. It could be you next. And also, just as we close this up, there'll be one other important aspect of what you've highlighted is it's not just a removal of her ability to go to a football ground to support a club that she's been following all her life. So they've removed that from her, but they're also labeling her with a hate speech label. Uh, and effectively, there's that public humiliation aspect of this too. So it's, listen, learn your lesson here. If you go against uh, groupthink, number one, you won't be able to get to do the things that you want to do. But number two, we're going to label you as a hate speech uh, perpetrator. And you know, you're going to be demonized as a result from that. People are going to look at you a little bit funny. So there's that aspect of it too, which is uh, incredibly sinister. But as Toby has also rightly pointed out, if you can, please uh, check out the website, which is Free Speech Union, all one word, freespeechunion.org. The details will be on there. So if you are a football fan, or even if you want to lend some support into Lindsay's case, get on there and uh, check out the details that are on the Free Speech Union website. Toby, thank you so very much uh, for hopping on this morning just to get into the nuts and bolts of this case. And no doubt, as it continues to develop, uh, you're more than welcome to keep us updated on what's going on there, along with the other work that you're doing with the FSU. So that's uh, Toby Young. Thank you again. Much appreciated. We've got to take a little break as per right now. And when we come back, uh, Paul Kudnak will be joining me from France to talk about the French farmers' protests here, live, uncensored on TNT, today's news talk. With his expert analysis and opinion. This is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Oh no, could the squad soon be a thing of the past? Well, based on the hot water that Democrat representatives Cori Bush from Missouri and Ilhan Omar, her brother's wife from Minnesota are in, all signs point to yes, outcome likely. What am I talking about? Well, according to Representative Byron Donalds of Florida, Cori Bush has diverted campaign funds into some questionable security expenses. And Omar? 
was filmed in Somalia saying she's Somalian first and Muslim second. Didn't seem to be a mention of the United States or her oath of office to the Constitution in there. The sooner we're well shot of these people, the better. They're clearly here based on intersectionality, not intellect. And nothing will become them so much as they're leaving. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk TNT. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third generation race car driver. And we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Informative and engaging. Rick Munn. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, still more to come. We try and squeeze as much as we can in here, sardine style, before the top of the hour. This is TNT, today's news talk. I'm Rick Munn, locked and loaded, and I'm joined again by the one and only Paul Kudenek, who's beaming in from an undisclosed bunker somewhere in rural France. Uh, Paul is responsible for running the Winter Oak Press that you can follow on the X platform at Winter Oak Press. Also, their website is winteroak.org.uk. It's a not profit organization spreading ideas and information about social environmental and philosophical issues welcome back to tnt paul how are you doing today i'm doing fine thank you rick yeah thanks for having me back on absolute pleasure i know you've been traveling around over the last few weeks so i do appreciate uh, you taking some time out of your uh, schedule today to be on here with us you actually put a post up uh, i'm going to read it uh, out that i thought was very striking on your winter oak uh, x page modern system uh, is the inversion of a healthy and unnatural life it disempowers us on every level it stifles and stunts us it forces us to repress our deepest feelings our intuitions and desires in order to fit into its grid work of conformity and obedience. That was like a slap in the face to me this morning as I've been reflecting on the very same thing over the weekend. Uh, we really are, on the whole, uh, crushed, are we not, from being what we really need to be? Yes, we are. Um, that's, and actually, that was a, pretty much a quote from my, from my latest book that I just brought out called Our Quest for Freedom. And uh, yeah, we are. We've been we progressively, and I use the word advisedly. We've been progressively stifled and reduced in order to uh, just become uh, well, human capital is the, is the word used by those in power themselves. In fact, and um, it's a very it's a very deep problem. It's a, you know, we 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 tend to talk about current affairs. Uh, and remain on the surface of things that I mean, obviously you, you react against the latest yeah. latest thing to be sprung on you but we're really we're in a, a civilized on a civilizational level we're in a dire situation that we need to get out of yeah we are and you know uh, that's what actually triggered me thinking about this because I've, I've three or four other stories to talk to you about domestic issues that are going on in france you know the geopolitical stuff that you also keep a handle on but when i read what you'd written in that quote that's taken from your latest book 
ultimately, I think many people neglect what's going on in their own homes, in their own bodies, at the expense of trying to understand what's going on in the greater world out there. And in doing so, we're really harming ourselves because if your own house isn't in order, if your own mind isn't in order, if your own body isn't in order, it really doesn't matter what's happening in the greater world out there. You need to set your own house in order before you start to really delve into these things and jump into rabbit holes that people seem to be very fond of doing, but at the expense of their own mental health, maybe their own physical health or their own finances. Yeah, you've got to. You've got to do both. You can't. I mean, I've always been very interested in um, yeah, what's going on in the world. But in the last um, the last couple of decades, last 15 years or so, I've, I've, I've come to realise you can't confront that or understand it or hope to do anything about it unless you, you yourself have come to some understanding of who you are and uh, what your life is about and what, what being human is about and, and you, you know, what your relationships with other people uh, should be about. And, you know, there's, it's, all, it's all completely intermingled and part of the same thing. It is. Uh, it is. You- and yeah, I, I'm like yourself. I've become more immersed in the things that are going on in the world, especially over the last uh, three or four years more specifically the last two year, two years since I started with TNT, because technically it's my job now. However, uh, we have to be careful that the imbalance doesn't get uh, you know skewed too far towards what's going on in areas that we have no control over whatsoever versus areas that we have control over, which is our own uh, day-to-day life, I suppose. But on that basis, or on that note, uh, let's, let's have a look at what's happening in France at the minute. Of course, uh, since the last time you came on here, which was, I think, just before Christmas, uh, a lot's been going on in France in particular. Uh, farmers' protests are dominating the headlines. Last week, there was talk of the siege of Paris, or Paris being besieged by farmers. Macron was threatening military action. Uh, saying a red line had been crossed. So obviously, uh, globalists aren't really well known for backing down. They tend to double down rather than back down. What way is it uh, developing from your side? Because you're in France at the minute. Uh, What way do you see this going in the short term with regards to the French farmers' protests? It's an interesting situation because there's been a a radicalisation of of, of the movement. Um, To start with, it it was very much tied in with the main trade union, the FN. SEA, which was uh, just pretty close to the government in many ways, and is sort of pursuing a sort of agro-industrial agenda, really, although obviously ordinary farmers have been part of it. And uh, to start with, the, 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 the protests were not met with any uh, hostile action by the, by the police and by the state, because they were, you know, they were, they were a bit pally. And then um, when, they, when the so-called agreement was reached and uh, the, uh, the, the union told all its members to go home, <laughs> they won. You know, a lot of them obviously realised that this wasn't the case at all, that they, they'd just been handed the usual you know, breadcrumb in order to keep, keep them on side. And, and so they, they, said they, they refused to back down and carried on blockading motorways and digging up roads and, and so on. And there were... Um, and that, that was when the state decided, oh no, you know, that was the red line that they crossed, was that they weren't, there was, they, they weren't actually being obedient anymore. They were actually standing up to power. And so um, it's still going on. I mean, they, you know, the, the siege of Paris uh, is, didn't, you know, was, I mean, was, dis, was stopped, I suppose. And, and they've been displaced from a lot of these motorway um, blockades. But I saw that this morning there was a, a supermarket distribution centre had been uh, blocked in this in uh, Aix-en-Provence, 
And this is something that's quite interesting that they're actually targeted. They can see that the enemy is um, are these big, uh, big, big supermarket chains that are ripping them off and they're not paying them a fair price for their produce and, and yet are charging the customer ever heftier amounts to buy it from them where they, these supermarket chains are just interested in profit obviously so it's, it's become uh it's to the nature of it has changed over the last over the last week or so as far as i can see mm-hmm. the other thing is too uh we're pretty much coming up to the second anniversary of you know the canadian truckers protest when they went into ottawa uh on mass uh there's been a, a hearing that has happened since then that has found that trudeau's government acted illegally calling a state of emergency there was no direct threat to canada or because of these truckers protests so uh, it's acknowledged now that that was over the top completely wrong it was against the law what he did but with most of these actions that the governments take, they, they'll act and then, if needs be, uh, issue an apology after they act. Can you see this uh, shift you talk about moving away from simply blocking uh, motorways to maybe attacking, or not attacking, but uh, protesting, how would you say, vehemently protesting against distribution centres? That will ultimately affect people. Uh, in terms of the availability of food in supermarkets, which I think is the ultimate message, ultimate way to get people's attention is to make them hungry, don't you think? Oh yeah, it certainly grabbed people's attention. Um, I think I think the, the issue of, of the intermediary in, in between the food producers and, and, and the consumers is, a, is an important one. And really what the good thing that could come out of this would be that would be to cut them out. I mean, there are already obviously there are markets, a lot more markets across France than we, than you'd find in the UK, where producers can sell directly. But I, I think there is a, there is a that sort of reflection is part of a broader movement that's been happening that, that we've perhaps talked about before, where people are, are, are rejecting the whole idea of the way our society is organised and looking to decentralise and to definancialize society and uh, going back to a, to a healthier way of um, of living and uh, cooperating with each other and I, I can see that could, that would be a good thing to come out of this there was a, that that sort of priority became came to the forefront of, of thinking here yeah because sometimes it's like the, the you know the the scandemic years were terrible in so many ways economically sadly people's mental health was harmed so badly but then again it caused a lot of uh, movements to spring up and a lot of like TNT for example came out of the back of that a lot of people that I've connected with in my life you for example I would probably never have come into contact with you were it not for the events that happened over the last three years and then I started to dig deeper and ask questions so strangely uh, out of uh, this horrible black cloud that's been over people's heads for the last few years there are silver linings as a result of it and hopefully the same thing can happen as a result of these French farmers protests that are ongoing at the minute uh, there's another story that I have here. Uh, I noticed yesterday uh, France ha- apparently has put it on, on order for 1.1 billion euros worth of cannons, vehicles and helicopters. Uh, the France's Defence Procurement the Agency has ordered more than 1.1 billion of ordnance uh, as countries plan to modernise its armed forces throughout up and up to 2030. Again, this is off the back of a cost of living crisis. There seems to be no more money for this. There's no money for that. This service has to close this uh, you know council's going bankrupt but yet billions are always available 
either to send to Ukraine or somewhere else to support a war, proxy war in another country, or in this case, to bolster France's own military output whenever people are suffering, you know, day to day, putting food on the table, putting a roof over their heads, always the money for defense, not so much for infrastructure. Yeah, absolutely. It's not really defence, is it at all? You know, it's uh, it's it's the arms trade, and it's something completely different. And uh, yeah, it's always been the way. It's always been the way, and it's a very profitable business war. Not least because if governments haven't got any money, they have to. Uh, they have to. Yeah, it's always been the way. It's always been the way, and it's a very profitable business war. Not least because if governments haven't got any money, they have to. Uh, they have to borrow that money from from the uh, from the banks, which. Uh, owned by the same people who own the arms companies, strangely enough. So it's a, it's a lovely little racket, war in a racket, as they say. And uh, this oh, big, big time. I mean, like this, uh, this report is taken from defensenews.com. It goes on to say France has budgeted a total of 413 billion euro for the armed forces in its 2024 to 2030 military programming law, which is a 40% increase over the previous period. So we're not talking about even this, this one contract of a 1.1 billion. That's a huge contract. But in the scheme of things, it's simply a drop in the bucket for France's overall projected expenditure for the next six years. 400 billion? Man, that's a lot of cash. It's 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 just robbery, really. It's it's, it's just outright robbery. And I think it's something they these days because of the you know the happening at once. There's so much happening in the world, and and because journalists have been uh, bought out, they're not doing their job properly. They think they can do these things, and nobody will notice. But it's not true because people are are, are picking it up, especially especially on the uh, on the social social media networks. Which is again why there's all these moves to uh, clamp down on uh, misinformation and uh, you know, uh, hate speech and uh, in fact anything that is criticism of the, of the state and the uh, and the wider democracy and everything they're getting up to. I saw a really crazy photograph um, over the weekend. <clears throat> it was to do with Lockheed Martin. The, the, again, another contract has been secured for uh, producing arms, bombs, manufacturing bombs and missiles. And it was a promotional shot that was taken inside the Lockheed Martin factory. And there was a huge bomb in the middle of the photograph, you know, uh, they just made this bomb and the staff were standing around the bomb and the local politicians were standing around the bomb and they were all smiling like Cheshire cats, shaking hands with each other, patting each other in the back with glee. And all I could think of was the only thing that they give a damn about is profit because that bomb is going to be sold to someone and undoubtedly dropped onto someone's head, probably leveling a village somewhere, maybe killing a dozens of people indiscriminately but yet that's not how they see it they don't see a bomb they don't see a detonation device or an explosive device they see profit and i think that's one of the reasons why we're in this bloody mess that we're in at the minute people overlook lives in terms of money they don't see your nose and mouth and eyes they see a dollar sign or a euro sign or a pound sign i think that's one of the reasons we're in this mess paul Yes, yeah, quite right. And but it's not natural for us. I mean, this is one of the things I, I I say in the in the in our quest for freedom that we're actually finding ourselves in a society whose so-called values don't correspond to our own values, to the values of most of us. It's only a very small number of, of people who are, who are really obsessed with making profit at the expense of everything else. Mm -hmm. yeah, decent, most of us are, are just. Uh, decent people who care about other people and care about nature and 
You know, we're, we're, we're not in that mindset, and yet we're forced to, to live in a world built on those, uh, on those assumptions and with those priorities. And, that is, and that's, you know, that, that's the thing, you know, it, most people aren't of that mindset, but unfortunately, the, the minority of people that are of that mindset have so much power and influence and control and can get away with the actions that they're doing. That's, that's, that's the grinder. That's what sticks in my gears for this at the minute. But, you know, wars aren't something that are going away. Uh, there'd probably be even more this year, 2024, you know, we, we, we had the Ukraine, uh, uh, Russia thing that's still bubbling along, but then of course it was replaced by the Israel-Palestine business. We've got the the heating up of events in the Red Sea with Yemen, and undoubtedly China and Taiwan probably won't be too far away from the equation at some point uh, this year in 2024. Also, so we've got that to look forward to in uh, our quotes. But you know, I say that very tongue in cheek, Paul. We're pretty much up to time here in this one. I just want to direct people uh, towards where they can hook up with you again. Uh, follow Paul uh, Winteroak. Uh, Press at Winter Oak Press on the X platform. Check out the website winteroak.org.uk. All Paul's writings are available on there for free, I understand. But please, if you can, see fit to subscribe or give him some uh, support if it's at all possible because he's uh, doing this as a labor of love as per right now. So, big thank you to you, uh, Mr. Kudnak. Lovely to see you again. And hopefully, we'll talk again sooner rather than later. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, I'm Rick Munn, and I've got a call time as per right now, James Freeman is coming on for the Freeman Report. I'll be back again tomorrow morning at 9 UK time with Natalie. Stay tuned for more here on TNT Today's News Talk.